All right, here we are, episode six. What's up? And uh, I am completely exhausted. It's uh, we record on Sundays, and uh, it is Sunday at seven fifteen p.m. I woke up Saturday at nine a.m. and uh, I've slept about an hour, maybe ninety minutes, not full, like in my car driving home from Colorado Springs. That's rough, so man. that was, uh, I am beat. But that, uh, that's what I want to start with, is driving home, because uh, we, we record these one week out, so um, who knows what's going to happen in the next seven days, but in the past three days, gas prices have gone up, you know, 20 cents, 25 cents, 30 cents, as they've gone, you know, they've exploded, and uh, people are obviously pissed, and uh, that's, that's where I wanted to start, is I don't think people understand why gas prices are going up. They get angry and they yell, but I don't yeah. think they know. And so I uh, did some research because that's what I do instead of just getting angry. Right. And uh, this is kind of neat because you remember, and I'm going to do this apolitical. I'm not going to bitch about politics, but I'm going I'm, I'm to open with Sarah Palin as an example, not to talk bad about her. But yeah. Her yeah. famous quote was, drill, baby, drill. Remember that? Right, right. Well, that's what we're doing. America's producing more oil now than ever before. And all that oil is being turned into gas. And I think, I suspect that Americans thought that the more we drilled and the more gas we made, somehow yeah. the gas companies would be munificent and say, oh, now we have all this gas, let's lower the prices. No. No. We export gas. America is exporting fuel. Like, we used to import everything from Saudi Arabia, oil, and Venezuela, and yeah. we do still import. You know, it's not like we've given up, but we are producing so much gasoline now that we export it to meet demand worldwide. Because I think what people forget is corporations don't give a fuck about us. The fact that we're making, right. like, the whole drill baby drill, or, like, because I looked up the uh, Keystone Pipeline that everyone's got a hard on for saying, we need the Keystone Pipeline to get more oil done. Yeah. The, the, the Keystone uh, tar sands, the oil that's created uh, from that, the gasoline that comes out of that oil that gets turned 60% of that is exported out of America. Really? Yeah. So it's like everybody that thinks, you know, what's, what's the president going to do about gas yeah, prices? There's only a few people getting rich off of yeah, that. Yeah, it's, 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 you know? it's us getting fucked by corporations. Not really fucked. That's what corporations do. Right. There yeah. is a demand. And like I said, if anybody thought that they were going to create all this gasoline and say, oh, let's put it in tanks and sell it for cheap to Americans, fuck no. No. They're going to keep raising the price. And so the the right wing that says uh, that it's Obama's fault and that we should drill more, we are drilling more. And the left wing that says, uh, like, oh, it's about the environment with the Keystone. Well, maybe that is a good point because if you put that Keystone pipeline in, it's not going to change anything. They will just export that gas and we will keep paying more and getting fucked. Yeah. I think it's, um, I had a thought and then I lost it, but I just think it's funny that people, for some reason, thought that more meant cheaper, but the demand in America is dropping because people are driving less, yeah. and so the rest of the world is picking up the slack. Right. Well, and, I mean, they're, they're going to charge what people are willing to pay. Exactly. You know? They're going to charge mean, whatever the fuck they it's want. It's a business. They're going to... I mean, any any time gas prices go up, they've always got a reason for. Well, this is why they got more expensive. But then, you know, once that reason kind of goes away, they're not gonna lower them again. I mean, right? And I well, the, the reason it's like before twenty four hour news and internet. This didn't happen. Now yeah. they can put a story out there like, oh, there's a mechanical error and we're shutting down this plant and gas is going to yeah. be scarce, and then they jack the prices up. 
you know, it's all artificial. It's like you just said, once the problem or whatever, the reason goes away, the gas prices stay high. Or they, the, the, the old right. adage is it goes up a uh, dime and comes down a nickel. And then it goes up a dime and well, comes I mean, down a nickel. Government's the same way a lot of times. I mean, just like in, in Iowa City, anytime they want to pay for something and, and they're like, well, this is why we need to raise a sales tax. This is why, you know, they'll raise, you know, whatever taxes, but it's not like they ever lower that. You know, right. It's, I mean, after, they, it's after they pay for it. Yeah. I uh, I don't know how many people for listeners listening will know this, but uh, voters in Milwaukee shot down a sales tax increase uh, to pay for the the Milwaukee Brewers County Stadium. I don't know how many times, like once, twice, three times, and they still enacted it anyway. Like they says, well, the voters keep saying no tax to pay for a stadium. Fuck it, we're really? raising the tax, and wow. they got a new stadium. It's like the the voters were not listened to. Well. There's got to be some kind of, like, you'd think there would be some kind of double jeopardy law for, like, trying to pass bills. Because, like, that, that, that jail in prison where, where we, the six we yeah. voted down, like, twice already. Twice like, already, and they said, well, we can't put it up for a vote for six months. Yeah, we have to approach yeah. it differently. It's like, how about no? How about yeah. people have spoken? Yeah, it's just crazy. It's, yeah. it's like uh, Chinese water torture where, you know, right. they'll just keep slipping the vote in until people get apathetic and go, fine, fuck it, I'm not even going to go vote anymore. And then... The, the passionate diehards will vote, and that's yeah. how it gets pushed through. Is well, and I love I love the uh, the idea that they you keep talking. I gotta go let the dog out. We'll, okay, we'll just uh, you go ahead. Yeah, I mean I I love uh, how they how they were basically pushing that through by saying, well, it's it's more expensive to ship all these people to other counties, so we gotta build a way bigger prison. And it's like, yeah, but the stuff that you're arresting people for isn't really heinous crimes, you know? Maybe we don't need to lock up. I don't know, a million drunk college students yeah. sitting on a park bench down Non-violent you know? offenders. Well, yeah. that's what goes back to the, the Bobby, the, the guy that worked at that place that uh, right. got right. arrested sitting on a park bench for public intoxication. Yeah, like. it's ridiculous, man. No, I, uh, in my, my drinking and driving class that I had to take years ago, there was a guy who, yeah, he'd been popped once or twice for OWIs, and then he so he started just walking and, and, and taking the bus and all that. But then the cops started just messing with him while he was while he was walking. They'd arrest him for a public intox. So he was like, "Well, it's easier for me to get away with it in my car. So now I'll just drink and drive." You know, I mean, yeah. it, it it gives you basically one of those two things is going to have to give. A dude's either going to have to walk drunk or he's going to have to drive drunk. And so I think if you start arresting people for walking drunk, I mean, unless they're causing problems. Well, yeah, yeah, if they're pissing on shit, yeah. yeah. But if it, otherwise, it's just a dick move. Like yeah. our guy, if you're just sitting there sort of just buzzed, like, yeah, I'm happy, and you get busted for nothing. That's yeah, like, it's ridiculous, man. But uh, I want to go back to gas prices one more second, which is funny because, like, you talk about artificial increases. Yeah. The thing that always I find amusing is that oil is uh, a commodity sold on the stock market, which means... It doesn't matter how much there is in production. It's all speculation as to what people want to say the value is. Yeah. And the last time, uh, like, I think Bush was in office, uh, it got jacked up. It's because futures were were speculating on futures saying, okay, this is how much oil we have now, but I'm going to say it's worth this much in the future because it'll be scarce. And that artificially increased the price. And it wasn't Bush's fault. Like, you can't blame the president. You can't blame Obama now. You couldn't blame Bush then. Right. It's it's, it's, it's bullshit. It's the private sector. Yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, it's like most of that stuff with the the banking. Like, I thought the bailouts were kind of shady. But as far as the, the problems created by the bank, you know, I mean, that was... 
That was in part politics because there was a there was the deregulation under Clinton where yeah. where you take away some of the rules and then they can do whatever the fuck they want and you know just further deregulation. Well, yeah, I mean the whole you, idea the the market will take care of itself. Right, you know, the market will do whatever it can to yeah, uh, yeah. maximize profit. But I mean, it, it was it was the market that that really did what it did. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. they 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 kind of let the the leash off, which yeah, it was yeah. kind of a bad idea. But it's it's like I definitely blame the guys who who. Who were selling all these all these loans that, yeah. that people couldn't pay back? I mean, it was it was crazy. Well, I blame the people too. The the example I gave when that happened is if I walk into a bank and I know I can afford a you know Toyota Corolla, and yeah. they say we want to give you a loan for a, a Porsche because the interest rates are low. I, I don't think. Oh yeah, dude. You know, you don't buy the Porsche just because the bank says you can. So anybody that bought those yeah. houses, no, they, they, I blame they them in part too. No, yeah, I, they, they, you buy what you can afford. Yeah. You know, and and. Everybody was buying McMansion. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt a little bit. Like, okay, maybe bankers misled them. They didn't explain what a variable rate was. They didn't, but you know what? When I came yeah, back yeah, yeah. and bought my house, they, this was like at the end of 2007. There was still some banks here in Iowa City that uh, were, were trying to get me to take a, a variable rate. Now, yeah, I didn't know nothing about mortgages at yeah. the time because I was buying my first house. But, they, you know, some of them... We're like here, take the fixed. But then there was other ones who were saying, "No, you, you want this variable rate? See, because the the rates lower a little bit right now." And then I said, "Well, but it's only lower for this first, you know, anywhere from three to six years, yeah. depending on." And the then bank. it floats and yeah. it goes through the roof. And I was like, "Well, then what's what's it going to be after that?" Oh, well, it depends on what the market's doing. In fact, maybe it'll go down. And and, and the, the way yeah. they try to it was. Well, it costs a lot of money to refinance on your house if you do it yourself. This one will automatically do it for free, you know. Yeah. And, and well, that—that's obviously shady. My whole point was, oh, yeah. you bought a house that you knew you could afford just because. Right. I mean, you didn't get—you were smart enough to not get fucked on variable yeah, you rate. Got, you got to shop. But around. you didn't yeah. like go look at your house and then because a lot of these the houses that went under were like McMansions. Like, well, yeah, okay, they—they yeah. they wanted a two-bedroom house, but they said, oh well, that with this I can afford a four-bedroom house. Yes, let's buy that. It's yeah. like they their their well, eyes got well, bigger really, than the wall. What they weren't explaining to people was the reason that it has a little bit lower rate. Than the, than the fixed one is because after so long when it automatically readjusts on its own unless you do it manually that it's got a bigger cap on it because all those yeah. rates are based off the, like what the Fed sets the prime at which is like a rate that banks can have for, for borrowing money from each other and so the variable one has a smaller cap on it than the fixed at first then after it readjusts it has a really big cap so yeah to make it up does the, depend the, what, on yeah. the market technically but it's got a bigger cap and so like it's going to be higher and it was just a basic idea of like the way I looked at it was that would be like me going to Best Buy and buying like a really big 50 inch plasma screen right and then and then I needed like a DVD player and so I take both the things to the counter and say hey there's no price tags on this how much for this DVD player and for this flat screen and they say well the, the DVD player that comes for free with the flat screen and I say well how much does the flat screen cost and they say oh we don't tell you how much that is what, what happens you hand us your your cards. We swipe we swipe every piece of plastic you have, and then next month you'll find out yeah. what the bulk of this purchase is going to cost. It's like you'd be an idiot to do that with your TV, but if, for some reason people did it with their houses. Man, I'll, I'll never yeah. understand that. I, I wrote a story. Uh, this was out of California, um, like a janitor that bought a huge house because yeah. the banker talked him into it, and it the, the guy was an immigrant, I believe, and English wasn't his best right you know right so i mean obviously the bankers were fucking people but i suppose you get like in his case you get caught up in the american dream like oh i'm in america i can afford a house whatever yeah. that phrase would be in mexican but you know uh 
But still, yeah, I, like, like you know, you know, I understand the banker's fucking, but part of me says somewhere you got to no, know better. Like I, you said, you don't just turn over your card. You and don't just you go. can you can get talked into doing basically whatever by one of them. But I mean, the, the key is just like with any other big purchase. I mean, are are, are you going to just take the first thing you get offered? No, you're going to shop around. Yeah, you're going to research. Yeah, yeah, you, you shop around. You go into a few different places. I, I I went into just several places, and I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of learn about this. I mean, it's it's just like with. If if you're looking at like I I don't know history or, or news or yeah. something you don't just go off of one source it's like yeah this guy's telling you one thing but even though they you know they, they look all nice in the bank and they, oh we, we just want to help you and your family like they're salesmen they're money salesmen and you know that they don't want to make less money yeah. you know yeah. I mean, you can't convince me of that just and like so, the, the gas companies they yeah. don't want to make less money they, yeah. the gas pool they export it they're like we'll just make as much let me tell you a story about me being an asshole uh, you talk about shopping around yeah you remember when uh, Howard Stern went to Sirius XM oh, Howard Stern yeah, yeah. left terrestrial radio yeah. and went to satellite okay. yeah um all the talk was that the stock was going to explode. The stock was going to go through the roof. Everybody's like, oh, my God, Howard Stern's going to, the stock is yeah. going to blow up. Buy now. And uh, I, I bought into that. I'm like, oh, I should buy some of the stock because it's going to, and I talked yeah. to a stockbroker, and he said, no, you don't want to do that. That's a get-rich-quick thing. It usually fails. What you want to do is spread your equity around. Yeah. And, do yeah. and I went, no, you don't know what you're talking about. This is Howard Stern. And I bought, a, you know, a, you know, I don't know how much, like a couple thousand dollars, yeah, yeah. and of course it fell through the basement. Oh, I mean, it's just like maybe, maybe I. Well, I mean, not bad. Like I bought it at seven bucks, and it fell to three bucks. Like I lost half. Like I didn't lose my life savings, but it was, yeah, it was exactly still, what the smart guy told close. me. The guy, yeah. the guy said, "You don't want to do that." And I did think, and I'm smarter than everybody. And <laughs> I was oh a man, fucking idiot. there was a, there was a guy that uh, I was I was in Iraq with, and he was a. Uh, like he was prior service, he was in the first Desert Storm, and then he got out for a while, right? And uh, we had figured out a way to hook uh, iPods up to the little headsets that we had in the vehicles when we were out yeah. on a mission. And he was he was driving, and I was up in the turret, and we were listening to some Lewis Black, right? And it got to a bit where Lewis Black was talking about Enron, and so the dude in the front seat just flips out just motherfuckers lousy motherfucker fuck fuck i mean he's just punching right. the kevlar with his bare hands and i was just like dude i mean it was i was it freaked me out because yeah. it was out of nowhere and i was like i don't even want to say anything to him right now because he's got a rifle down there and his head is right at dick level for me because i'm up here <laughs> and so you know it, i just sat in silence me and the other guy didn't say shit to him and then later that night we're out watching the trucks and, and, and having a cigarette or whatever and i was like hey man feel free to tell me to go fuck myself or, or whatever you know you don't fucking have to answer this if you don't want to talk about it but I, I take it you lost a little money on that Enron thing he just kind of smiled and laughed a bit he was like yeah I lost some money man and I was like well again feel free to tell me to shut the fuck up or whatever but how much did, did you lose and he was like well I'll put it like this I, I worked for a railroad company for like 16 years right and that company had a deal where if you put 5% of all your pay, like every paycheck, if you put that into Enron and only Enron stocks, you know, like it, this wasn't yeah. like some mutual. You was, didn't diversify. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you could diversify with more money, but they had a special deal with, with Enron. Uh, okay. Because people were using that for their retirements. And so he was putting 5% of every single paycheck into there and, and then they would match it five. And then he actually was putting, putting an more, additional right? five. And so he was putting 10% all his money for 16 years. And then they were matching five of that. So total of 15% of all his money for 16 years. He didn't touch it once. Just all went up to Enron. All was growing and growing and growing. 
and then it fucking just tanked. And, just and that, that was that was all his retirement. You know, yeah. he had that was what he had. It was all he had. And I was like, dude, how much total was it? And he was like, I mean, he didn't give me an exact amount, but it was like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And I was like, dude, and and then he he reenlisted, and I was like, so you wouldn't even be in Iraq right now if, if that fucking yeah. shit hadn't happened, huh? And yeah, he'd be retired somewhere, hundreds of thousands of dollars. But those, which which you know, I was really young when that happened, and so. You know, anytime you hear about shit going wrong with stocks, you always think of just fucking rich old shady fucks on Wall Street jumping out of office windows, and you're like, ah, it serves them right. Yeah. I'm gonna laugh at their chalk lines. I don't give a fuck. But but like, you those know, are the guys that get away with it. Yeah, though. yeah. those are yeah. the guys who get, get bailouts. They they they, they yeah. find out about it before it's gonna crash, and so they yeah, sell they all their sell, shit. Yeah. And yeah, well, all the, the guys, guys from Enron, uh, maybe I don't remember. I'd have to look up. Like one of them maybe went to a, you know. Kitty jail, a, a light prison. No, they did. There, there was like two or three of them that yeah. that did do serious time. Did like they? Ten or fifteen, I, okay. something like that. I, like, I don't remember. But I yeah, just, I, I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but but they fucked a lot of people to get that. Dude, there was a really good documentary I saw about that. I, I wish I could remember the name of it, but like I, I knew about how they were was that the smartest guys in the room I think it was yeah yeah, yeah. did you see yeah. that no I didn't but I, that's it, it was good in my head. It was, like I mean I knew about how they were basically just making these fake companies to yeah write just, all their expenses off like like I knew that that was a big thing everybody knew about I didn't know what they were doing with energy in California they basically oh the brownouts I remember yeah, that very clearly yeah shutting would, down people's fucking power just so they could charge you more for yeah, it yeah just know? saying like uh, oh there's a uh, surge, yeah. or, you know, like the the demand is high, but it's like that it was ex- it, there was no. I mean, the demand was high, but it wasn't overloading yeah. the systems. The, everything yeah, was they fine. Were intentionally they were literally just flipping so switches. To, go back yeah. and charge those people more money for yeah. it later. I go. Well, you go you talk about stocks, and I am by no means uh, smart. I am very very stupid, but I have never understood stocks. And uh, let me tell you what I think, and then correct yeah. me. Or so you buy stock in a company because they're trying to raise funds right, to do whatever. Right. Like. So you own stock in, say, Coca-Cola, and so you wait for the, the quarterly earnings to come out. Yeah. And if the quarterly, they put out a projection first. They say well, everyone projects Coca-Cola will hit, uh, you know, ten, and then if it comes back that Coke only hit nine, suddenly your stock is worth less. But the thing is, say Coke pulled a profit at seven. If set, so if Coke hits 7, they're fine. Everybody projects they're going to hit 10, but they only hit 9. Yeah, so technically, yeah. they didn't hit projections. So your stock is devalued, even though they hit a profit level. I mean, it's like... I, yeah. And it's all fake. It's all conjecture. Yeah, it's, you it's you all buy it at $5, and if they don't hit their projection, it's yeah. worth $4. Yeah. But if they do hit your projection, your piece of paper is worth $6. Like... It's all bullshit. It's magic. It's it's legalized Vegas everywhere. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. It's 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 so it just makes no sense to me. At least banks I can understand a little better. I mean the return is less, but I, at least yeah. I understand the idea of you put money in, you get this rate because they lend it at a higher rate and then they pay you like that's you know the, the yeah. bank makes yeah. money, you make money. It's not a lot, but at least that you you can follow the paper trail and it's not conjecture. It's literally well I mean it is cuz yeah. the, the interest rates are all made up or one thing I, I really hate about the way banks do mortgages though is how they keep constantly trying to get people to, to, to refinance on their home and like I get if, if if rates go down like a crazy amount it might be a good idea yeah. but what what they fail to mention to people is is that like the interest is all front loaded, you know? Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. even if you got a higher rate, if you're farther along in in your payments, you've already knocked out a lot of the interest. Whereas yeah. if you fucking refinance 
that shit starts over. I mean, there's ways around that a little bit. Like, if, if you've got a lot paid off, you can, well, we're going to start you over, but it's at a 15-year loan instead of a 30. You know, right. something like that. But, I mean... Well, I think we've refinanced. I know we've refinanced once yeah. and maybe twice, but we're only four years into this house, and we did it when shit was just dropping. Right, you were at the so it was like, anyway. yeah, I'm going to make this up. We're, yeah. we're only a couple of years in, and interest goes from six to three. It's right, like, well, right. shit. Lydia, my, my wife, is a spreadsheet genius, so she lays it out and goes, okay, yeah. if we refinance, the, the refinancing fee is $1,000, but we save that in right, right. a year. In one year, we've already made that $1,000 yeah. back I mean, because yeah, over the course of the loan, getting it alone, and that's I the mean. thing, is, is she would say these numbers, like, she said, if we refinance right now over the course of the loan, we save fifty thousand dollars. I'm like, uh, fifty. Th- like, it's it's incomprehensible to think that we were going to pay fifty thousand dollars in interest alone. I, but that's you know, a house is a big fucking ticket item. So yeah, yeah. So we refinance on however much we save. But it's just insane to think that yeah, at some point over our lifetime we would just give a bank fifty thousand dollars because they loaned us whatever. But at the same time, it's oh, man. I got in I the end. Get... I guess worth it because. Yeah. I rented for my whole life up until moving to this house. And if you add up $1,000 a month for 20 years, that's just pissed away. Some landlord's yeah, got yeah. that and is giggling, you know. Like, well, yeah, and that, that was the whole reason I, I, I bought mine, too, is I was like, well, you know, I'll just get a bunch of friends of mine to move in there and uh, we'll just kind of split the mortgage payment like it was a rent payment. Because, yeah, yeah it's just like, cause, like you're saying, like most of the time with, with rent payments, all you're doing is paying some other guy's mortgage plus a little bit for his pocket. So yeah. I was like, you know, we can just skip the middleman and do all that. But that, that actually was a huge pain in the ass because, like, all my friends are drunks. Are unreliable, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they would move in, and yeah, I, I just, well, that's not true. I, I had some really great roommates, but, but like, it's, I, it's I, a pain I in the ass when you're the landlord. Asshole. Yeah, well, yeah, and because they were like, oh, my, my landlord's my friend, so I can fucking be late with shit, and I can be, whereas I would look at it like, I'm not a landlord, I'm just a dude with his own mortgage for yeah. his own unit, I'm not like a dude with like a bunch of yeah. units and shit, but it's it no still needs than, to get paid, you're yeah. like, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's no different than if, if I was leasing it, and I was the only one on the, uh, you, you know, you know the, uh, the story of, and I'm, I'm, I don't know the name, but it's just, it's, it's, it's like, almost folklore, but it's true, I think, um, um, I can't remember the person, but it was I read it's a, an American Native American Indian. Uh, I don't know if it was long story short. Uh, he got some money, so he opened up a gas station on the reservation. It was like a business thing, like okay, bring business to the reservation, whatever. Yeah. Well, first thing that happened was like the, the Indian uh, the way the Native American share family thing is like his his you know. Uh, brother-in-law would show up and fill up his gas tank and go, thank you, and drive off. And then another guy would show up and go, hey, I need some tires. Okay, thank you. Like, yeah, and, and they no, just because, weren't fucking paying him? But, yeah, and it wasn't like a dick move. It was just sort of like, oh, you are Native American, we are Native American, you know, we're part of the yeah. tribe, so it's share because that was the, the Native American. So swap like, a couple frog skins exactly. and Exactly, and so, he like, and so that's what I thought yeah. of when you said your buddies are like, you know, oh, it's Jake, oh, yeah. you know, I'll get to oh, him. Yeah. So yeah. I guess the guy sold the gas station within a week. Like he lit, or even, I mean, the, he was like, I see the writing on the wall. If I keep this, I'll be fucking bankrupt. So he yeah. put a white guy in there, and the white guy's like, "Yeah, fuck you, pay me for the gas." You know, like, yeah, yeah. So, but that's the first thing I thought of when you said, "Well, that's that you know, that's why it's good that they have casinos because that's the greatest business plan ever. People just show up and give you money, yep, and that's it. So they don't need to they don't need to worry about it with that. As long as it's on a casino net reservation and not a well one without a casino, because that's." It's two different reservations right there, man. I've been to. I went to the 
I'm not going to name it because uh, a paycheck's a paycheck. And all these, yeah. if if anyone listening doesn't know, casinos always have like a comedy night because they want to sort of advertise. Like we're not just about gambling. We have music. We have comedy. Yeah. But you know, like nobody cares. People, it's it's they're 90 years old, and they're if they're not 90, they're fucking trailer truck park white trash. And so, like the last comedy show I did at a casino. Four people, literally four, and they don't cancel. Wow. They don't cancel the really? show and just pay you off. It's like you're doing a show. I stood on stage for an hour. This was a month ago. And no shit. Just, Where at, man? Uh, well, it was in Wisconsin. I'm okay, not gonna okay. give it up because yeah, I do the. Yeah. Here's the thing. That's why I say I won't say the name or insult because I'll do the gig again because <laughs> yeah, I have a mortgage. Because yeah, you know, yeah. if they pay me, okay. I, I have no ego. I'm not gonna yeah, you know yeah. like he, he, listen to the tone of my voice. Am I saying like, oh man, I had to stand on stage for an hour? Yeah, screw it. Yeah, I do that's it what too. I did. Hey, I stood on stage right, for an hour and entertained four you know, people that don't want to see it. Yeah. I mean, if they're willing to pay me, I'm I'm more than happy to take their money. It's fine with me. It's just it's they're they're. I guess if you let them be, they are the most depressing gigs. But if you go yeah. in clear-eyed and say, yeah. I'm getting paid to do what I love, even if the audience isn't there, even if I understand this yeah. casino is a shit gig. And actually, there is one great one up in the uh, in the UP of Michigan. Uh, there's there's one where they put it in a separate room, and the locals come out, and they... Uh, so okay. so there, yeah. there, are, there are a few good casino gigs. But Yeah, no, I, I seen Pat Oswald at Riverside not that long ago. That's pretty good. Well, it's different. He's he's a name, and that's yeah, they put him in a theater, yeah. right? Yeah. Although I did, I did see him get heckled by like an old ninety year old woman. Dude. Nice. Yeah. See, he gets put in a theater. I'm talking about the gigs yeah. where you literally uh, the stage is like behind the bar. Yeah. Open to the showroom. So as you are doing your jokes, all you hear and see is. There's no nice, privacy, it's, nice, it's, and yeah. everyone's distracted, and no one's paying attention. Well, dude, like, I think that would be kind of a rough place to, to try to do comedy anyway, because like, uh, maybe this is just because my dad was a huge gambling junkie my whole life, but I think casinos are one of... Yeah, I enjoy playing the occasional hand of blackjacks, but I think they're hands down one of the most depressing places to be. I hate it. You just stare at these old zombies draining their social security checks into these bright flashy things man and i the thing i don't get is uh i can understand 20 years ago or i don't know when the change was when you would literally put a coin in pull the lever you had like a little you know there was some interaction yeah now everything is on a game card like a oh i don't understand yeah Yeah. so you just put it in and press a button you don't even pull the lever anymore there's no interaction you just literally sit there and go you know, just press a button, press yeah. it. You're like a yeah. hamster. You're oh, yeah, literally because, like a hamster. See, my dad always did the, the you know, slot machines. Getting, you know? getting a pellet. You're yeah. like a hamster yeah. pushing a button for a pellet. As a, yeah, the first time we went to a casino, I, I played the slot machines with him for a while because I was like, well, this will be some bonding time. Growing up, he was either at work or the casino, so this would be fun. Yeah. And A, it was just a depressing atmosphere anyway. But B, yeah, it's like you said, it's not just the three little things and, oh, well, I got the sevens. I guess that means I went. No, it was it's like... The yeah. whole screen. It was a grid. So, yeah, yeah. So I would just put the money in and then press a button and a whole barrage of colors and lights would happen. And then I'd be like, what the fuck just happened? Oh, you lost. Yeah. That you lost. That you lost. I was like, dude, this fucking sucks. And it used to be, you know, like you said, like three cherries come up and you know you won. Yeah. Now there are like six rows. And if if the, 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 there will be a bar, a line that will like yeah. connect things up, down, left, and right that'll show a pattern you're like okay what just happened like you know like I've got a, a, a queen a triangle a cherry and a, a butt passing gas and there's yeah. a there's some marking that connects all of them and it's like yeah you won 25 cents like how 
Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. And I love the marketing behind it. You walk in, yeah. and every slot machine is like, you know, they have a Ghostbuster slot machine, the Kiss, right. uh, the right. band Kiss. Uh, yeah. I saw a... Uh, I think Ghostbusters was probably one of the a hangover uh, that makes sense I guess because it's Vegas but uh, Sex in the City like they're all yeah. these themed and I'm thinking like what who wants to play a Kiss slot machine I mean like because everyone in there is 90 years old I guess they're trying to shoot for a younger demographic or I, mean, I, I understand the, the appeal of the slot machines right like like my dad kind of explained this to me once and it does make sense in, if, if you look at it like this okay you know how they say with, with games like, like Roulette or blackjack or whatever. If you play it perfect, I'm talking like MIT. Well, they counted cards, but yeah. But you, you know, strategically, like if you play the strategy of blackjack perfect, you will still have slightly less than a 50 percent chance of winning. Now, that's only if you're like a master of the strategy and you do everything right. With slot machines, you still get similar odds, but you don't have to be like a math whiz. You oh, know, yeah, you know, yeah. Everybody gets the same Everybody odds, whether, the whether same it's yeah. it's it's. Uh, Sling Blade or the Rain Man, you get the same odds if you press that. So I get that if you're going to gamble that much. But then, you know, it's, it's, it's also, I'm such a skeptic that I'm like, I look at it and I go, well, you know, most of the time you, you win small stuff. But then every now and then somebody wins a really big one off the slot machine. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I feel like it's rigged. And the dude who's winning the fifteen grand—that's like the casino owner's Someone's cousin nephew, and shit yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, I—I—I yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just—I think everything's a scam. So I slot machines just don't work for me. I read uh, Dan Savage's book, uh, "Skipping Toward Gomorrah, I think it was called. Really? Um, no, I've never heard of it, man. Well, there was a there was a religious book. I can't remember what it's called. It was something uh, like I'm gonna I, I'm gonna get this completely wrong. But the religious book was like, uh, you know dancing toward heaven or skipping you know like it was how to avoid the seven deadly sins so damn savage wrote a book uh, skipping towards gomorrah where he would go commit all the seven deadly sins and oh, write nice. about it That's so he awesome. actually is you know he's is a nationally syndicated writer so he murdered people too no uh, oh. <laughs> that's because I'm, that's isn't, no, isn't that that's the ten commandments seven deadly sins are sloth oh, greed uh, oh yeah yeah, yeah. That's wrath right. that's yeah right. so yeah. he had to find um but so he he actually uh, came to Iowa um, and went to Dubuque. That's where he chose to do his gambling. And he played blackjack. And he went to because it's weird because he writes about the Hotel Julian. And I'm like, you know, this is a guy that lives, I think, in Portland yeah. for some reason, yeah. choosing Iowa to come. But he uh, bought a book. He, he in his in the hotel bar. He meets some grizzled veterans of gambling. Who are like, oh, you need to read this book and learn how to play blackjack, whatever. So he goes and buys a book and reads like double down of this if you see this card. Yeah. And he goes the first night and he wins like two hundred bucks or something or maybe a hundred. Yeah. I don't know. And he goes back and he's every buying shots, you know. And he's not an idiot, not like. But he's like, oh, this is the best feeling ever. I'm gonna go back tomorrow. I can't see. How... And he yeah. loses everything the next night. The next oh, night it's just like, yeah. and he's and he. You know, he says he's visibly shaken, like, like, whoa, I, I was, because he's writing about it. He's, it's like a science experiment. He's yeah. like, I got the gambler's high and the low, and I didn't expect it. I expected to just go in and like see gamblers and yeah. write and go, like, be somewhat removed from it. But yeah, as far as that gambler's high goes, I, I think that there's a lot of addictions that are you worse felt for you that. than, you than felt gambling. The gambler's high. Yeah, yeah, but see, I, I still think that gambling is the dumbest addiction because while I've gambled and won. And, and, and that, that felt good. It was like being high. So it was, there was a rush. They gave me money. And I was like, yay, this is good. There's been other times where I've gone gambling. In fact, most of the times I've gone gambling, I didn't win. They took my money. And it was the opposite of high. Like, yeah. it fucking sucked. And so 
that to me would be like vodka that only got you drunk like a third of the time and the other two thirds <laughs> of the time every shot was just instant hangovers and OWI classes and shit like that. <laughs> Like like a Big Mac that you can't taste, it only makes you constipated. It just gives you diabetes and makes yeah. you fat. Hookers that give you an orgasm some of the time, but and crashes the rest of it, yeah. most of the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but see, like, is that a bit you did? Because that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it is, is a bit. Okay, that's I'll, funny. I'll you, yeah, no, I was I like, like I should tell the story on a podcast because I don't I, I don't like usually that. do a lot of personal stories in in, in bits, but like I, I did for the gambling one because there was uh there was one time. When I was a kid, because my dad would be gone for days at a time gambling, you know. I mean, so like, he was like, hardcore. You said oh, he yeah. was hardcore, but you mean like literally? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, they call one eight hundred. Dad's missing. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. No, he would. Uh, there, he would go for days on end. He would go to work, and then to the casino, then work the casino, and then where? I mean, he would days like that, you know. And then uh, he'd come back, drive us to school, all pissed off because he lost a lot of money, you know. And uh, <laughs> but the only thing that sucked more than that was I like the how you say that with a smile on your face. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, it uh, it built character, but it, well, the time it really built character was when he took us with to a casino. He took us to to an Illinois River boat. I couldn't even tell you the name because this was when I when I was a kid, and uh, he took us there because they had a kids area, which sounds like a lot of fun until you go down there, right? Because it's 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 way down in the bowels of the ship, with like no windows, <laughs> no ceilings, no walls, just bare pipes leaking onto you know just just. Concrete how many, floors. How many kids were in there? Oh, dude, there was maybe like five or six other ones. And see, they just had it fenced off in the middle with those rusty portable gates that they use at concerts yeah. and what, stuff like what that. What age is this? How old and, are you? Oh, how old I, are all the kids? I would have been like eight, and then I had a brother that was like six, and the other one was like three or four. And I'm the age of the other kids all similar? Yeah, roughly. They were just sad little white trash gambler kids just yeah. sitting on the chairs and kicking at the ground with their little mullety rat tails all sad <laughs> and swaying low because they knew that their their parents were going to come down there with less money and yeah. and you know, and this is, uh, give them more bruises. You, you know? know, like people say we need less government because, hey, oh, yeah. casinos will... Anyway, is that... Uh, no, yeah, uh, there was uh, there was a guy down there who, like, the only one who was left in charge of us. He he didn't like play with us or anything like that. He just stood like a bouncer at the little opening in the gates, cross armed, to make sure that none of us escaped and bothered our parents while they were fucking pushing our college funds into the into the slot machines. <laughs> it was the most depressing. It was like. The basement from the movie Saw, only for kids, you know. Holy shit. <laughs> Oh man, but no, upstairs you in the know casino that's is be way more as, depressing. As, as illegal as hell today. You would hope that they don't have that anymore, but I'm sure they, they do. do. Yeah. I didn't, you know, looking back at it, I don't see any like uh it's definitely unethical, but I don't they weren't breaking any laws, I don't think. I mean, they had coloring books for us that, you know, had already been scribbled on and bled on by sad little children decades ago who ran out of crayons and hope. So they opened their veins on the little plastic kids' tables in the in the casino. And now their spirits haunt the underbellies of the, the Illinois river boats. That is so just horrible to think about. And you, oh my You know what, that's, not, that's still not even the biggest reason I don't gamble. Uh, the biggest reason I don't gamble is I have a four-foot banana that lives in my spare bedroom with sunglasses and a smirk. Because I used to like uh, carnival games because it was like... I, I was actually going to go there. I figured that was a carny thing, but okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a carny thing. Like, I went to, like, a really shady carnival 
that was it was a traveling one from from Louisiana out in the middle of a cornfield, like out in the middle of nowhere. And they had this game where you had to keep doubling your bet every time, but you had to get a total of ten balls and bounce them into this little trash can, and you won this big banana. Well, I ended up kept doubling the bet. I ended up, but but you won the stuff back if you won. Yeah. You won all the money back because you had to double it every time. So I lost like over two hundred dollars. But you got the banana. Oh, they just give you the banana at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't give it. It don't make you feel like a winner, though. I'll tell you that shit right now. So that's your reminder, right? Oh there. yeah. If you ever feel like, hey, I should go down to the casino. Yeah. There's the banana saying, I, just smirking at. Oh yeah, yeah. That and you know all I did, did you was get a Def Leppard mirror too. <laughs> no, I, some other fucker got that shit. My dad probably won that <laughs> like an hour beforehand. Well, we've been talking a long time. This is our longest one, and we didn't even mean it to be this long. But, no, uh, it happens. It happens. So hopefully someone's out there listening. Um, we said this last uh, episode, if you heard it, or uh, email us if you uh, have an idea, if you have a gripe, if you have a compliment, or uh, since Jake is single, if you want to have sex with Jake. Cheers. Email us. Well, single-ish. Well, it's complicated. Oh, we'll talk about that next time. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks. See you guys later.